it's a shame because there was a time when it had a beautiful glow to it and we all really kind of look forward to the time where the world seemed to stand still for a bit and we could all kind of feel this sense of humanity that kind of oozed from the Olympic Games. Right now it's kind of shaking a bit at the seams. Another Canadian city has voted no to hosting the Olympic Games. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is why. A couple years ago, Toronto's mayor made it clear. Canada's largest city would not be putting in a bid to host the 2024 Olympic Games. Okay, well, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for your patience and thank you for uh, being here this morning. I want to start by making one thing perfectly clear. Toronto can be an Olympic city, and Toronto already is a world-class city. And I believe that one day, Toronto will be a great venue for the Olympic Games, but not in 2024. Again, let me be clear. I am not saying no to the Olympics. I am saying not this time. They joined the growing list of international cities who, one by one, have turned down the chance to host the Games. New York City and Philadelphia are out of the running to host the 2024 Summer Olympic Games by choice. Meanwhile, the list of cities that want to host the 2022 Winter Games is plummeting. Money appears to be more important than pride. Behind me is the site of the London Summer Olympics in 2012, wildly popular. But the Winter Games have always been a different story. Smaller, less lucrative, but still very expensive to stage. That's why there's a certain chill in the air recently among bidders. Rome's mayor has begun formal steps to withdraw her city's bid to host the 2024 Summer Olympic Games. Most former host cities have spent well over their initial cost projections and spent several years paying off the bill. The Montreal Games, for example, overran their initial cost estimation and budget by a staggering 796%. Rome joins Boston and Hamburg in withdrawing its bid to host the 2024 Games. Unlike the case in Rome, though, it was Hamburg's citizens and not the city's authorities who pulled the plug. You can add Oslo, Bern, Denver, and now Calgary, Alberta to that list as well. On November 13th, Calgary held a plebiscite. People were asked to vote whether or not they thought that Calgary should host the 2026 Winter Games. Will Calgarians vote yes or no to hosting the 2026 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games? If the answer is yes, we will continue on with our bid with the International Olympic Committee making the final decision. A no vote, it would be up to City Council to kill the bid. 304,774 Calgarians casting their ballot, 171,750 on the no side, 132,832 voting yes. So the game is over for these Olympic Games. The people have spoken, the people have spoken in big numbers, and the people have spoken clearly. And this is very clear direction for where we go from here. This was really a, an opportunity for Calgarians to say and ask, what kind of city do we want to live in? It's not a city that we want with the IOC. I think this is a rejection of the IOC. What killed it? Was it the International Olympic Committee and our feelings toward them? Was it our feelings toward our city council or to our provincial yeah, government? I, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of nails in this coffin, but... 
You know, when you look at the product, which was the Olympics, I think the Olympic brand is tarnished mm -hmm. and the IOC is tarnished. And all of that corruption, all of those doping scandals, you know, I've used this analogy before, but it, it was like inviting the mafia into your living room. Of course, a couple Canadian cities have already hosted the games, though. Vancouver had them in 2010. Calgary hosted once before in 1988. And before that was Montreal in 1976. So why are so many cities now growing weary of hosting what has long been considered the most premier sporting event in the world? To start, I wanted to talk to someone who could tell me exactly why Calgarians decided to pass on making an Olympic bid. All right. Uh, this is Rob Breckenridge, host of Afternoons on 770 CHQR, Global News Radio Calgary. Rob, how long have you been living in Calgary for? Well, it's been about 15 years now. Ah, so you weren't there for the 1988 Olympics. Well, I, I wasn't living here, but uh, I was in junior high school at the time in Edmonton, uh, eighth grade, I guess that would have been. And um, yeah, we, we took a field trip down. We got to uh, stay over in Calgary. We got to uh, go check out some events. So uh, I, I did get to uh, partake in, uh, take in, that is, I guess, the 1988 Olympics. Oh, so you have some, I'm sure, fond memories then of, of the 1988 Olympics in all of their glory, Eddie the Eagle and everything else. Oh, indeed. <laughs> so what's different now? The 1988 Olympics seemed so beloved, you know, not just by Calgarians, but Albertans and Canadians alike. So why this time did Calgary vote no to another Olympics? Well, I think a lot is different. One big difference, obviously, is that uh, previously we hadn't host the Olympics. This time around, we already had. So I think for people who voted no, it wasn't a rejection of that, that legacy. It wasn't a rejection of what 1988 left for the city. It was just kind of maybe more a sense of, well, we've, we've been there, done that. Uh, that, that what is the vision now going forward? It's one thing to say, sure, it gave us that legacy, but is it going to give us anything we didn't already have? Uh, so I think that was a part of, of the conversation. The other side of it is, look, the Olympics has grown considerably since then. Uh, I think the IOC has grown considerably since then, and maybe not in a good way. I think there's a really different public mood and, and perception around the IOC and, and whether we want to do business, whether we want to get into bed with the IOC, as it were. And I think in a lot of ways, this was a repudiation of the IOC, what it's become and, and what the Olympics have become. And certainly, you know, the massive price tags that we've seen on, on some recent Olympics, just the way that that's been handled. I think that turned off a lot of people here. So people who voted against the Olympics in Calgary, rightfully so, it sounds like, had some skepticism around the IOC, around budgets, around how facilities would be used in the future. But what about people who voted yes? What motivated them to vote in favor of bringing the Olympics back to Calgary? Right. And, and interestingly enough, I think people on both sides were coming from the same sort of angst, unease that the Calgary's gone through a rough few years. But I think from the yes side, it was maybe a, a sense of 
this is something we can get excited about, that this will create maybe a sense of optimism, something to look forward to, something for the city to rally around, and the hope maybe that that optimism could translate into economic optimism and maybe economic opportunities. So I think for the yes side or people who got behind the yes side, it was maybe the promise of what the Olympics could deliver. I think everybody recognized, look, there's some risk involved. There's certainly a lot of cost involved. But could the benefits outweigh the costs? And I think a, a lot of people on the yes side hope that they could, obviously knowing that there are no guarantees and, and that uh, there could be cost overruns, things can go sideways in a lot of different ways. But I think the yes side was looking for a reason to feel excited about where Calgary was going. So what's the vibe then today since ultimately in the plebiscite, the majority of people voted no, that they don't want the Olympics to come back. So if the purpose of the yes side was to stir up optimism in the city of Calgary, is there a feeling today perhaps of of disappointment or, or you know, a pessimistic vibe in the city? Well, there's certainly a sense of disappointment from, from the yes side, uh, from those who were involved in, in trying to design a hosting plan, trying to sell this, this bid to Calgarians. Uh, you know, Calgary's been talking about this for the last couple of years anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long path down this road, and for it to, to suddenly and dramatically come to an end as it did, there certainly is a lot of disappointment. You know, it, when, when you have a yes-no question like this, obviously people need to pick sides, and it, it turned into a, a divisive debate, so I think it's going to take some time to to heal those divides. But again, I think... Everybody who cast ballots, everybody was motivated to go out and vote, did so because they care about this city and they want what's best for this city. Obviously, there, there are differing views on, on what that might be. So I think the challenge going forward is to, to try to get past all, all of this bitterness and, and disappointment, to try to find projects and ideas that, that people can rally around, can unite around. I mean, Calgary's got some short-term challenges, and I think even the most uh, optimistic Olympic boosters realize that you know, it was no panacea. It wasn't going to uh, come in and solve all of Calgary's problems overnight. Uh, we've got a stubbornly high unemployment rate in this city. We've got a, an uncomfortably high vacancy rate uh, when it comes to downtown uh, office space. So there are some things that need to get addressed, and we're going to have to confront anyway, because obviously the Olympics were not going to address uh, those problems, certainly not in the short term. So finding those ideas that maybe people can rally around and we can put the yes and no debate and divisions behind us. Rob, thanks so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Perfect. Glad to help. Coming up later in this episode. I have to say that losing Calgary is kind of a big deal. Losing them will be noticed. And I think the IOC today will probably feel this is quite a big loss. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast. Download and subscribe online now. So first, I spoke with Calgary Radio host Rob Breckenridge to find out why that city rejected the idea of making an Olympic bid. The next step was to speak with someone invested in Canada's Olympic ambitions, someone who knows personally what it's like to work with the IOC. So I called up John Furlong the day after the Calgary plebiscite. John speaking. Hey, John, it's Nikki calling. How are you doing? John was formerly president and CEO of the 2010 Vancouver Olympic Organizing Committee and the chair of Own the Podium. That's Canada's Olympic Athlete Development Program. Out of curiosity right now, are, are you still in Calgary? I am not. I flew home this morning. 
I left at the crack of dawn. So I just got back about half an hour ago. What was it like in Calgary yesterday? Can you walk me through how plebiscite day went? Um, it was a day of, uh, you know, highs and lows. I mean, I think the people that have been working on the bid for the last, you know, whatever long they've been on it, months and months and months, were, I think, full of optimism. I think there was a feeling that Calgarians were going to rise to the occasion, that I think people felt the debate was between two relatively small vocal groups and that everyone else had been watching and they were about to step in and settle everything. And given... Calgary's relationship with the Olympics, um, their track record with the Olympics, the fact that they're still a sort of an Olympic superpower when it comes to developing the best athletes in our country. Everybody just thought that, you know, there's an Olympic connection to almost every family in Calgary. But the problem was that, um, you know, it just seemed that at the back of all of that, um, you know, there was there was some feeling amongst the public which sort of came out in the vote that people were confused they didn't feel that it had that there was a you know coherent vision behind the bid and they just felt nervous about it and they walked away from it and you know I think people were quite shocked at the end and pretty disappointed I was a bit surprised I thought you know Calgarians would in fact bet on themselves they'd done it before in fact i you know i made a comment this morning to someone that had calgary voted yes they would have been in the pole position to win against sweden and italy because they would have had a financial plan that's been approved by government they have government support and they have a plebiscite of people um, supporting the games and so you know that's a lot the other thing i found out um which i didn't know which is not really an answer to your question but interesting the only city ever to win a plebiscite vote for the Olympics and go on to stage the Games as Vancouver. Huh. It's interesting, though, that Calgary, unlike Vancouver, obviously didn't have that same vision of the Games. Calgary now joins this growing list of cities internationally that are saying, you know, no, we, we can't be bothered to host the Olympic Games for a variety of, of different reasons. You know, we can look at Calgary on a micro level but if we check it out on a macro level is it just another example of cities who are skeptical of hosting the games of this growing skepticism surrounding the ioc of perhaps a larger trend that more and more cities will continue to say no to the olympic games you know as much as i'm a huge fan um as you probably know uh, i have to say that losing calgary is kind of a big deal and, you know, it's not like losing a brand new city. It's not like losing a city that doesn't have its ducks in a row or that's strong and doesn't have a track. I mean, Calgary's got, there's a real strident uh, kind of uh, culture in Calgary. They get stuff done there and losing them will be noticed. And I think the IOC will probably feel this is quite a big loss. And unfortunately, Sochi kind of got in the way of everybody's thinking. I mean, there's no chance on earth any city in North America would get away with a Sochi-type plan. I mean, it just never happened. But all the new bids are, are confronted with the Sochi situation, and it scares people, and it scares politicians, it divides governments. To refresh people's memories, the 2014 Sochi Winter Games had a projected $10 billion budget. They went over by an additional $41 billion. And nearly every right. games in the last 
50 years have gone way, way over budget. Vancouver was a success, but to have one success or maybe two successes over the span of however many decades, is that enough? Has there just been too many losses stacked against the IOC where it seems as though the future of the Olympics is perhaps in jeopardy? Well, you know, I think there's obviously it's got people's attention. I also think, though, that there's nothing like a crisis to force people into reshaping their thinking, their attitude. You know, we all run into things along the way in our careers and our lives that we have to suddenly make a big adjustment. I think they're trying to make it. The problem is that even with all of the effort that's going into reshaping the bid process and the games themselves, you know, there are very few people can honestly describe what the reforms are. People close to it kind of can, but the, and the reason they can't describe it is they're not getting, they're not able to do it because the noise around the games is so loud. When you hear countries like Norway, traditional winter powerhouses, and Sweden, and Germany, and Italy, and Switzerland, you know, turning their nose up to, to this, you know then that it's got something has to happen. I will say that I do think that they are trying. Um, I do think they're trying to lower the cost. I do think they're opening the door to different ways to do this. And actually, to be honest, and I'll say this, having seen it myself, I thought the plan for Calgary was actually pretty darn good. They had way more room and protection in that plan than we did. The problem was that as the council started to debate it, they had this noise going on in the background about, you know, this uncomfortable feeling about cost and what if and, you know, so on. And they were nervous. And the council was divided. And when, the, when, when politicians are divided, it you know, sends a message to everybody, well, if you're divided, how can you expect me not to be divided? But Calgary had a modest plan. They had lots of protection in there. The one thing they didn't have in their project that you hear people talking about, they didn't have a jewel, like a shiny, like people today in Calgary, you can bet that they're talking about why didn't we put a new arena in this thing? Or why didn't we, you know, why wasn't there a centerpiece that kind of would, would unite people? And I, and I think you'll see and hear a lot of people talk about that in the coming weeks. And that may, in fact, have been one of the reasons why Calgarians weren't excited about it and they were nervous. So, yeah. You've had a very intimate experience with the Olympics and with the IOC in a way that a lot of other people haven't. So from your expert perspective... What do you think the IOC can do specifically to change in order to make Olympic bids appealing once again? Well, one of the things that I think happens uh, with, within the IOC a little bit is, you know, you can spend a lot of time talking to yourself about, you know, who you are and what you are, why things have to be the way they are. I think the IOC has to kind of open up a little bit and be more collaborative with cities much earlier on, um, you know, maybe even target cities that really are better set up be able to do this and, and open up a conversation. I mean, today, the IOC is is out there defending itself. There's a lot of cities in the world have had very good experiences with the Olympics. London has had a great experience with the Olympics. We had. And and I think that, you know, they have to sort of open, they have to, in a way, start changing. A little. I think they're trying. I mean, I do think that they did work hard to try to keep Calgary in this, and they did try to give Calgary way more tools much earlier than to Vancouver. 
But, you know, it, 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 they may have to double down on the speed in which they're doing this or be faced with, you know, a, a more significant crisis than it looks like they have now. That said, here's what could happen tomorrow. The IOC today could look at this and say, well, we've lost Calgary at, and they'll be disappointed because the one thing you get when you get a Canadian city is you get promises kept, you get delivery on time, you get pretty good management of funds, et cetera, et cetera. But now they have two cities left, and they may do what they did last time and award two games right away to both Sweden and Italy, uh, as they did for Paris and Los Angeles, and settle this down for a period of eight or ten years so that they can have time to reorganize how this might go in the future. Um, otherwise, you know, they'll just be putting off a repeat of this next time. I heard yesterday someone told me that the six or seven cities have indicated an interest in bidding for the next winter games. So today, of course, now they know Calgary's dropped out. So who knows how many of them are sitting there and wondering if they are, you know, going to stick around for a bid for the game. So I think the IOC may have to do some very creative thinking about where they want to go now. You know, I've wondered this for a while. Why does the IOC even still bother with this whole process of shopping the games around? Will they ever just pick one permanent location, build the infrastructure they need, or two permanent locations, one for the summer games, one for the winter games, and year after year just post the Olympics in the same spot? Wouldn't it save a ton of money, grief, and headaches? That's just too rational. (laughs) Here's the thing. I think think the reason they do it the way they do it now is because I think they have a view. Uh, Because it would be easier for them to do what you just suggested, much easier. But I think they have a view that they owe it to their constituents to move the games from regions. They, They believe that the games leave a good legacy or they wouldn't be doing it. And I think they're sort of feeling they should share it. But they may end up having to rethink and do this and then sort of look at ways to sustain four or five or six Olympic cities so that they can do what you just suggested. You know, I mean, we'll see what the need looks like and what what happens and what they get forced into, if indeed that's the right word. When they put the games in Brazil, I, I think today they would not make that decision again. But when they put the games in Brazil, they put it there for, you know, I think noble reasons. But it was still a mistake. You know, Brazil was no more ready to do that. And they have got a big hangover and a lot of, a lot of regret in Brazil over, what, over staging the games and a huge amount of debt that they've had to deal with. So this has to be settled somehow. Or the conversation we're having right now will be, it'll, the volume will go up, it'll be multiplied, and people will just keep on, keep on talking about it this way. And it's a shame because there was a time when, it had a beautiful glow to it, and we all really kind of look forward to the time where the world seemed to stand still for a bit and we could all kind of feel this sense of humanity that kind of oozed from the Olympic Games. Right now it's kind of shaking a bit at the seams. John, thank you so much for such an insightful conversation into what the future of the Olympics could possibly be. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. So, who's going to take the 2026 Olympic Games? When the bidding process began, there were eight cities on the list, Calgary included. Now there's only two, Stockholm, Sweden, and a joint Italian bid. The next summer games will be in Tokyo, then to Beijing for 2022, Paris for the 2024 Summer Olympics, and then Los Angeles for the 2028 Summer Olympics. 
But where the games go after that is yet to be seen. What's also yet to be determined is what the demand will be from cities actually interested in hosting future Olympic Games. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and podcast. You can download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And when you're doing that, give us a rating and a review. We'd love it if you tell your friends about the show as well. Contact us on Twitter at This Is Why, or send us an email, thisiswhy at curiouscast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.